palliative care patients who receive in-home interdisciplinary care could be less likely to need emergency room visits or get admitted to the hospital compared to those receiving more standard home care. On today's program, we're going to focus on this unique model for palliative care, how it can improve quality of life for patients, and its cost reductions on the healthcare system. You're listening to Everyday Family Medicine, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Cottle. Joining me today is Dr. Evan Rubin, Chief Medical Officer of Visiting Physician Services, a house call practice in New Jersey. Dr. Rubin, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you for uh, having me. Well, I'm excited that you're speaking with us today. You know, let's talk a little bit about Visiting Physician Services. Can you tell our audience about this organization and your model of care? Visiting Physician Services has been around for about 20 years. It was started by Dr. John Salisbury, and it's one of the largest and most experienced medical house call practices in New Jersey. We have roughly 10 physicians and about 24 nurse practitioners and physician's assistants that do patient care and make house calls. And we see between 3,000 and 3,500 patients is in our census. Most of them are chronically ill geriatric patients that are homebound for whatever reason they are. And we've helped them keep that priority of staying comfortable and staying at home and taken care of by family and caregivers in a comfortable, familiar environment. You know, I feel as a family physician myself, I feel as though house calls is something that we hear less and less about. What are your thoughts about that? Are house calls going away as a model of care? Is it something that we're actually seeing an increase of? There's a greater demand now as the population is living longer. We have a larger population uh, that is home and living longer and actually staying around with the family and there's a, a greater demand. It's funny when you go in and see these patients, they do say, oh, it's something that we used to hear about or it's something that I remember a doctor coming to the house, but maybe it's been 70 years or 60 years since they've had that kind of service and that kind of familiarity. But it always brings a smile to their face because they recognize the need for it, the demand for it, and also the intimacy and actually getting to know your patients and their surroundings versus what they've perhaps become accustomed to which is a much shorter, much more transient kind of office visit that more and more had become an obstacle or a burden on them to make those visits. So it's not only something that, that I guess in the back of their memory is, is something that's somewhat familiar, but it's so it's usually very welcome. Right. I could see that. I, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about palliative care. Can you tell us if palliative care plays a role in your practicing and doing home visits? And if so, what role does it play? Well, it certainly plays a role. And it's interesting because I've been working with this group for almost eight years now. And I'm also from a family medicine background. And the word palliative medicine wasn't perhaps part of my vocabulary then. It's starting to work with this population and doing primary care and being part of this group. We really learned the fluidity in which palliative medicine takes place for the primary care model that we have making home visits in this population. And it really, for me, palliative medicine is this philosophy of treating the patient, having a whole care team between the physicians and the MPs and PAs and some of the other services that we can provide with x-rays, with blood work, with physical therapists, podiatrists that can come in and all provide the supportive care in the home. And it's this philosophy of treating the patient, getting to know the family, and placing their priority of their own health care, of their comfort, above perhaps what a journal of academic medicine might 
tell us is something that needs to be done for a patient. It's really understanding that as they get older, as their conditions become more complex, as perhaps the expectations of themselves and of their family members begins to shift and change, to meet them where they are and what their needs and their priorities are in terms of their own health care and quality of their life for the most part in their final years. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Everyday Family Medicine, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Caudill. My guest today is Dr. Rubin, Chief Medical Officer of Visiting Physician Services. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about palliative medicine and palliative care. I feel that sometimes in clinical medicine, it's difficult to know when a clinician should consult palliative medicine or or get a palliative team involved. Just generally, could you speak to that as someone who provides palliative medicine care? I really see that palliative care, palliative medicine, and that model should really be a part of any primary care physician's modalities of their philosophy. Like I said, we're typically the ones that know the patient the best, know the patient the longest, and have most of that interaction with family members and and see them on a more regular basis. So we're the ones that can pick up usually on when there's been a change, when they're taking that full picture of all of their conditions into consideration and what the needs and desires are for the patient and the family. So it's really seamlessly integrated into what we do as uh, visiting physician services, and, and, and it's really seen throughout our organization. You know, everyone's of the same mind when it comes to this. Now, in terms of when perhaps in the hospital it would be a referral source, when a patient has perhaps a terminal illness, something like cancer that they've been diagnosed with, or they've even gone through a couple of stages of treatment, but it's clear that either the treatment is beyond the capacity of what they can either handle or what they really desire to go through for an outcome that is questionable at best. Or they don't, they just decided not even going to continue to investigate perhaps some symptoms that come up and they decided that they just want to deal with what they've got now and be managed accordingly. We can make those changes. We can accept that philosophy of the quality being more important than longevity and not be as aggressive as perhaps a hospitalist or a specialist would want to be. That's their model. Their model is being um, very specific into a system and employing all medical and surgical modalities to find a cure or optimal function. But sometimes those require a hit to your medical condition or a very aggressive, uncomfortable care to go through a process. And if that's not what is desired by the family and the patient, then perhaps for that diagnosis specifically, whether it's cancer diagnosis or it's end-stage renal failure where dialysis or transplant might be something that a specialist would, you know, with a very aggressive approach might pursue, we can scale back and say, okay, we're going to manage this bleeding or this pain that you have without going for the aggressive cure, but still manage your blood pressure issues and, you know, some of the arthritis pain that you're having or, you know, some of the other diabetes and keep your blood sugar in check, you know, still be present as for medical counsel and treatment, but not as aggressive as perhaps a specialist might be. Is it common for house call practices to provide palliative care services like you do? And if it's not, why isn't it? And why don't we hear more about this? I think there needs to be 
Uh, a few things. I think there are a few reasons for that. For one, part of the training typically has been this very aggressive approach. Look, look, look at all the research that's done. Like that, that I mentioned before about academic medicine. Journals come out. We read these things. We educate ourselves about what is out there, what the potential is for making a difference. And sometimes we have the mindset, the philosophy that the academic medicine is driving the clinical medicine versus the other way around. So clinical medicine, the care, the personal relationships with the family and the patients really should be supported by the information we receive from the academic community. And I think as house call practice, as family physicians or primary care physicians, we are best in a position to employ that philosophy and to listen to the priorities of our patients. And I think that the other issue is sometimes there's, you know, there's not enough discussion about end-of-life care, about some of the changes that will take place in outcomes, in what the expectations are. And it's, I think that's a little bit of a stumbling block, too, for why it's not used as part of a practice, why it's not discussed as much. And taking that stigma away, opening up the conversation with families and, and the education process for doctors and ourselves is of prime importance to be able to speak about these truths to our patients and to their families to prepare everyone for inevitable situations and let them know that they have the support, they have the comfort that it can be available to them to take them through the transitions and these processes. Right. So I think it is certainly part of our philosophy. It's what we integrate into our care. I think that it's becoming more common to talk about because of the enormous impact and the enormous cost and a lot of the other hurdles about hospitalizations and extended stays in expensive and oftentimes needless care and intervention in some facilities. And as that model is starting to change, whether it's coming from the patient's perspective that there's no longer something they want to do, whether it's from the physician's perspective of understanding and being educated and in turn educating the patients and their families about it not really being necessary or even the best option. And then also, you know, it comes from some of the payers that are that, that understand that there is a, a much greater cost-effective and quality standard with more frequent, we call them incremental standard of care, where we're making more frequent visits to keep these patients more stable, keep them more comfortable, and keep them out of the hospital on some of these extended stays, really hits the nail on the head across the board of all the things. Everyone's priority gets met by that model. How do you think we can or should expand the delivery of palliative care? You know, what are your, some of your thoughts about how healthcare can improve in this area? Well, I think that's an excellent question, and I think that education is the most important piece to that. And perhaps it starts with educating the physicians about its role and its place and the expanse and the extent of what palliative medicine, what the home care model can provide, and when it's appropriate to have discussions with families and patients, when it's appropriate to discuss specialists about where the aggressive measures are best employed and when it's more reasonable to discuss other options. So the education, the taking the stigma out of the discussion of transitions of life, uh, I think is of prime importance. And being able to you know, continue to drive quality care across the entire spectrum using the services that are available from intensive care 
care units, through hospitalizations and emergency room visits and outpatient visits, rehab facilities, and home care visits, all along that spectrum, using those modalities, those resources, where they're best employed and where they're wanted most, I think will provide the best standard of care, the best quality of care across the entire population. Wonderful. Dr. Rubin, before we close, is there anything else that you would like to add or that we didn't get a chance to discuss? This is something that is a wonderful opportunity to discuss it. I think that the more people that understand the role and the need for home care practice and the role of palliative medicine, it's a great thing that you're doing. I'm happy to be part of it. And I only think we're going to see and hear more about it in the coming years. Absolutely. Well, with that, I want to thank you, Dr. Rubin, for joining me today to talk about the benefits of in-home palliative care and home visits. Uh, Dr. Rubin, it was great having you on the program. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Caudill. It was a pleasure. I'm Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and to access this episode and others from Everyday Family Medicine, please visit us at ReachMD.com and be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.